Amen. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter number 21. And thank God for the opportunity to be here tonight. And thankful for preacher having us to come preach. And uh, I'm nervous. Man, I'm nervous. If I live to be two, till Tuesday. I've been 21 years since God called me to preach. If I live till next month, I've been a member of this church 10 years. And I tell you, I love preaching here. I love being a member of this church. I'm so thankful in the early 60s there was a group of old-time Christians that got together and they called an old-fashioned Holy Ghost-filled double-dip, die-in-the-wool, Mount Sinai, forked lightning, man of God. And he was the pastor here. And I'm thankful that 23 years ago, y'all called Brother Gravely. I'm thankful for this place. I'm thankful to just be here. And God's, God's goodness has manifested in my life through this place. And I'm so thankful. And... uh Man alive. Miss Noel was talking about being tired from camp. I think when Paul wrote that verse in the Bible about bearing the marks in my body, I think he's talking about youth camp. Amen. Amen. I can't, can't do everything I used to once could. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for just what God's done today. Let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. About Tuesday, God began to work this in my heart to preach it tonight. I don't deserve to stand here. Thank you, preacher, for pastoring our family. Thank you all for praying for Ezra. He's, I ask you to do pray for him on Tuesday. He's got a big appointment Tuesday down in Atlanta, and we'll be finding out when they're going to put the body cast on him to straighten his little back. But God's just been so good to my family. He's had two major surgeries this year, and he's fine. He's happy as a pig in slop tonight. I mean, he is happy. Can't wait to get to Mexican. Amen. Later. And I'm just so thankful, and thankful for what God's doing. I ask y'all to please pray about a about a 30 days from now. 30 days exactly. We'll start knocking doors in Indianapolis, and on that first day, we'll our team will've crossed over 50,000 homes that the gospel's gotten into in the greater Indianapolis area in the past three years. And those, those churches, there's, there's one of those churches, or two of those churches that's been, somebody in that church, those churches have been fasting and praying every single day since August 3rd of 2019. Y'all get that? And, and they're still fasting and praying. And I just ask y'all to pray. We're going to, they've committed to two weeks under the tent this year. And I, they, those pastors are praying for 100 people to get saved. And I'm asking God to do it. It's His, it's His work, amen. And I ask you to pray for all that we stand in need of and pray for me as I stand here tonight. And the Lord visited Sarah as He had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as He had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Do you notice the the commonality in those two verses. He said, God spoke. On and on and on. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. She said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck for I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew 
and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. But look at this. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman and all that Sarah has said unto thee. Hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all you've done for us today. Lord, I don't deserve to be in this place tonight. Lord, I thank you for this place. I thank you for our preacher and Miss Nolita. I thank you, dear God, for the people that make up the Bible Baptist Church. I'm glad there's a lighthouse on the side of the road in Rossville, Georgia, that's shining the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that you fill me with the Holy Ghost of God tonight. Lord, help my mind, help my, my body, help my memory. But Lord, most of all, fill me and give me unction and liberty and power to preach the word of God tonight. We'll be quick to give you all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. you might be seated. A few weeks ago, I was reading through this story in my Bible reading. And I, I begin, God began to work in my heart through the scriptures and by way of introduction, I'll just share with you what God gave me, and then I'll give you the message that the Lord, the Lord has placed on my heart. I begin to remember all the pictures we see in the life of Abraham and Sarah. If you go back to chapter 18, there's probably not a greater picture of intercessory prayer in the Word of God than in chapter 18, where Abraham continues to go to God on behalf of Lot and his family, and then we get to chapter 22, and there's a, a picture of Calvary, one of the greatest pictures of Calvary in our Old Testament, but I did. I, I kept this digging in. God just had something for me that day, and I began to think about the principles, not just the pictures, but the principles. Abraham is the first to really step out by faith and leave everything behind and follow God, and faith is, is seen even in this text. See, faith is not a fuzzy feeling. It's not the hair standing up on the back of your neck or a rainbow in the sky and a butterfly flying by. That's not what faith is. Faith is God giving you a word from his lips amen whether you can see the evidence of it or not it's God giving you his word and you stepping out on that word whether God does anything or not amen that is faith that faith is not God I'll do this if you'll do this this and this no neighbor that's not faith faith is God I'll do it because you said it whether you do anything or not and we begin to see these principles unfold and even in our text and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, as he had spoken and on and on as God commanded their whole life was dictated by and God said. Ain't that a blessing? We don't have to have a, uh, we don't have to have a voice when we got a verse. We don't have to have a feeling when we got a fact. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, everything we do, we can base it on the Word of God. But a lot of times we see the principles, we see the pictures. But Brother George, I, I, maybe it's just the time of life I'm in, preacher, but I was reading it that day, and for the first time in my life, it dawned on me that Abraham and Sarah had a family. Of course, we know they got a really big family. <laughs> We're kind of gotten in on that. Amen. But more, I'm talking about truly, practically, here in the text. They got a son. 
All of a sudden, Abraham and Sarah are a mama and daddy walking by faith. And all of a sudden, they're trying to raise a young family, a child in a sin-cursed world. And it floored me. I mean, it really floored me, Brother Andrew. All of a sudden, I realized that we got a great, a great picture, a great, a great lesson here of parents walking by faith and living by faith and trying to raise their family by faith for the glory of God. And just for a little while, I can't speak for you. And I, I, I'm not always this way. I'm not right. I'm preaching this to me tonight. I'm so nervous. I don't even know what to do with myself tonight. I'm, my palms are sweating. I thought I was going to rub through my pants here. Amen. I mean, my hands are just sweating tonight. I'm nervous. But I, I can't speak for all of y'all. But I can say one thing tonight. I want to have a faith-filled family. I fail. I, I mess up. I, this afternoon or on the way to home, God showed me some stuff in my heart sitting right there this morning. Thank God for the preaching this morning. Can I get an amen? Oh, but I was on the way home and God, and God had poked something in my heart there of other teams. And I got in the car. And I'm not saying this because I'm something. I'm telling y'all, I've not arrived. I'm not the standard. God's the standard. The book's the standard. Oh, but I got in that car today and I had to put my head down and tell my wife and my kids of something I was sorry for and that I, I didn't want to have, I don't want that. It wasn't, amen. Don't, don't, the halos can hang at the door tonight, amen. I failed. It wasn't something big, huge, and if I told you, you'd probably laugh at me. But it's something God dealt with my heart about. I don't, always, I don't always come up to par, but God's word does. And I want to live a life that's based on the word. I want to have a family that's full of faith, that trusts the word of God and leans on the word of God tonight. I hope you do too. If we're going to have a faith-filled family, I, I believe we can see a great example in their life. And I want to show you how we can have a faith-filled family from the word of God tonight. The first thing I see is we're going to have to examine we see our story here and we've got Sarah and Abraham and they got this, this child growing up in their home and really we cover about 12 years and just a few verses right there, 10 to 12 years. And Brother Daniel, they are raising this child and, and Sarah, of course, she's at home. Amen. That's, she, is a, she is one of the greatest examples for, for a, a New Testament believing women as, as, a, as a woman that submitted herself to her husband that raised her family. Can I get an amen? And she's at home and daddy's out in the field daddy, uh, Abraham had at least 300 servants he's out tending the cattle and, and the sheep and if you had two wives at home you wouldn't go home either can I get an amen right there and um so Abraham's out doing the business and being a daddy and the headship of the home. But here's mama. She's at home. She's taking care of the matters at home. And all of a sudden, one day they wake up with no warning, with no, no caution signs. And Brother Dave, all of a sudden she wakes up one morning and she looks out the window and Hagar and Ishmael are rising up. If you don't know anything uh, about this story, Hagar is, is an Egyptian. She's a picture in the type of the world. And Ishmael is, is the flesh. Ishmael's the first birth. Isaac's the second birth. Ishmael's the fleshly man. Isaac's the spiritual man. And Brother Danny, all of a sudden, this, this man is rising up. This, young, this Ishmael, this flesh is rising up in their home. And if you do a little study and we can point fingers at Sarah, we can point fingers at Abraham, but it goes 
goes back to uh, Sarah's the one who came up with the idea that hey Abraham you could do you could use a, a, a means of the flesh in the world to create a spiritual thing let me say that the flesh will never equip you to a spirit to accomplish a spiritual thing it will you can never use a worldly method to accomplish the things of God and that's exactly where they messed up brother David uh, they went and he went into Hagar and he tried to accomplish the promises of God by a worldly method and it never works and we're still paying for that mess up today we can blame it on Sarah we can blame it on mama but I got news for you it goes a little deeper back than that it was daddy that decided to go to Egypt it was daddy that decided to bring her out it was daddy that went down there and lied in the first place and brother Chris there's blame on both sides but all of a sudden mama's at home and there's an examination taking place that's the thing we're going to have to do we're going to have to examine our homes and mama's looking around she's the heartbeat of the home may I say that mama uh, with the greatest respect hey being a keeper at home uh, loving your family loving your husband pouring into your household it's not a drudgery it's one of the greatest things a human being could ever do say amen right there and pouring into your home and having your finger on the pulse of the home and mama you may see things that daddy sees or doesn't see and you may be the first one to see Hagar and Ishmael rise up so as soon as she's seen it preacher Sarah runs to her husband and say hey uh, Hagar and Ishmael the world and the flesh they're rising up against our child before this it was just them two their, their mistakes in the past seemingly hadn't done much harm to their home hadn't done much damage to their home but now it's different brother teams now they got a little one at the house now there's something for Hagar and Ishmael to attack there had never been an attack before and you notice they didn't do it in front of the daddy amen they did it when daddy was away they went and did it when there was no protection and may I say tonight I thank God for what God's doing in the young people at Bible Baptist Church oh but you mark her down Hagar and Ishmael's waiting in the car Hagar and Ishmael's waiting at the house Hagar and Ishmael's waiting on the phone Hagar and Ishmael they want our children so mother had to examine she noticed that Hagar and Ishmael the world and the flesh we're rising up. And, and, and so we can't stop there. There's an examination, but it's not Sarah's job to do business with Hagar and Ishmael. Right. We find out later in this chapter that she goes to her husband. Can I get an amen? And Abraham is the head of the home. He is the high priest of the home. Can I get an amen? Uh, the, the, the responsibility for that household is on Abraham. She goes and she says, look, I've noticed Hagar and Ishmael rising up against Isaac. And if we don't do something, he's gonna, they're going to wipe our boy out. See, it's not enough to just see it. It's not enough to just notice it. It's not enough just to examine it. But Brother Caleb, we've got to do an extraction. We've got to do away with it. And you notice in verse number 11, Abraham's upset about this. It grieved his heart. He, the thing was grievous unto him. Oh, may I say that the most of the time, the reason we don't deal with Hagar and Ishmael in my life, the reason I don't deal with Hagar and Ishmael is because I'm attached to them. I, they've grown close to me in my home. They've got, I've gotten comfortable with Hagar and Ishmael I've grown to love Hagar and Ishmael and many times we will bypass things we will overlook things we will go around things not to rock the boat not because mama not because the kids but a lot of times daddy just simply because we like it 
We can't just examine it. We've got to extract it. It's not time for the blame game. Amen. It's not time to put, put, the, put the finger on mama or put the finger on daddy. Amen. Hey, and if we're arguing in a marriage, hey, I'm telling you right now, I don't know everything, but I know this. If I'm trying to win against her back there, uh, we're, we're going against each other. Hey, we're on the same team. We're going in the same direction. It don't matter who did more or who did what. What matters is that we come together and we try to glorify Christ with our life. Can I tell y'all a story real quick? Just real quick. We like to have Saturday nights. Typically, we're driving all day Saturday, and we like to have Newman's Own Supreme Frozen Pizza and Virgil's Root Beer on Saturday night. Say glory to God right there. Oh, yes. Amen. I love it. I look forward to it. But we typically, y'all ain't going to believe this, in that camper we just had total, we had an independent Baptist television. Y'all believe that? You go in, there was a counter. It had our school stuff on it. And when all the people, you know, the independent Baptists were, you could, it just looked like a table. Brother Dave, on Saturday night, we take all that stuff off, and there's a button on the side of the wall, and it would go, and a 48-inch television pops up out of the couch. It's independent Baptist television set. All right, y'all can laugh. It's okay. Amen. Brother Ben... We, we had a movie. We, we, I only say this, preface this. We don't watch anything without filters. And if you're wondering how to filter a movie, you can do VidAngel or ClearPlay. You don't have to watch cussing and fussing and the world's trash in your home. Amen. You don't have to watch that mess. So, Brother Avery, I, I had already set the, set the, uh, the filters up. There wasn't going to be no cussing or nothing like that. And, and I'll go ahead and tell y'all what it was. Y'all, somebody might get mad at me, but it was Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm sitting here, I'm about to push the button. I've got my root beer in one hand, got the pizza hot and ready sitting in front of me. Glory to God. I'm ready to be entertained with the cussing, cuss box on. Amen. Say amen. I'm about to push the button and the Holy Ghost smoked my heart. Holy Ghost reminded me, it had been a long time since I watched anything like that. But who don't like pirates? Say amen. I mean, I'm just a red-blooded man. Y'all pray for me. Y'all pray for me. And Brother Laddie, I was about to push that button and the Holy Ghost reminded me of all the rum drinking. And the Holy Ghost reminded me of some of the clothing and some of the innuendos. And the Holy Ghost reminded me of how the women were treated on there. And that Brother Blake, that I'm trying to raise a young man that will treat young ladies right. And I'm trying to raise a young lady that's, that should expect to be treated right by young men. And then the Holy Ghost said, where are you going to get the filter for that, big boy? Because it ain't there. That's right. I said, Lord, not right. No, I'm just kidding. I, <clears throat> I turned around to the family and I said, y'all, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have, I, I, we can't watch this. I said, we're going to have to look at something else. But lad... My entertainment is not worth my children's innocency and mind. You say, you're just a fuddy dud Pharisee. No, I'm not a Pharisee. I'm growing. I'm trying to grow. I just admitted to y'all, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm a young parent. I'm trying to walk in, in the light that I've got. But Brother Danny, that night the Holy Ghost smote my heart and it was as real. If he would have been standing in front of me that I wasn't supposed to be watching that in front of my kids. And for that matter, I, wouldn't, I shouldn't be watching that with just me and my wife either. Hello? Amen. Amen. 
because Hagar and Ishmael, they got, we've gotten, I've gotten comfortable with them in the past. I've gotten so close to them and they just become part of the home and before I know it, they've risen up against my children. They've risen up against my marriage. I can't, hey, I don't know about y'all tonight, but I had to, I've had to do some extracting today. Some of y'all might not want to talk to me after church. <laughs> all right. I'm just trying to be honest and, and transparent. We need to examine. We need to extract. And daddy, it's our job. You know what we're, we, we, and I thank God for this church. I, 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 may, I may be just preaching to the folks going to listen to it later. But we are in a famine of men that will lead their home. We got good men that'll work, and we got good men that'll put a roof over the head and food on the table and clothes on our back. But what about men that'll stand up and be spiritual leaders in their home? Abraham didn't like it. It bothered him. It's evident in the text. I know the context, preacher. I know the context of this story. I'm making application. But it bothered him. And it may bother us. But you know what ought to bother us more? Number one, to grieve God. And number two, to mess our kids up. So we see an examination. We see an extraction. Is everybody still with me? But look at chapter 22. I've already mentioned it. And, and I, I'm taking for granted that we're on, we got Sunday night service at Bible Baptist Church. I'm hoping that at least this year y'all have gotten to Genesis 22 in your Bible reading. Can I get an amen right there? It is July. Or no, it's August, praise God. I hope you've gotten to Genesis 22 this year. All right. Now hear me out. We often look at this text from Abraham's point of view, but I want to look at it from Isaac's point of view. If we're going to have a faith-filled home, we're going to have to examine, we're going to have to extract, but we're going to have to expose. They, they get going up Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah means God, it's chosen. Man, we could preach for uh, two years on just Mount Moriah and what all God's done on this mountain. It's a mountain range, and they're going up this mountain range. And there's, if you've ever seen that picture of Israel or J Jerusalem and the Dome of the Rock and the old city wall, that is a scale of, of, of Mount Moriah. That whole, it's a mountain chain. Amen? Like there's different peaks on Lookout Mountain. It is a big chain. And there's, there's Mount Olives and Mount, uh, uh, the, the, the Temple Mount, all those things. They're climbing up this hill. And this is not the first time that Isaac's ever been to a sacrifice. Evident. It's evident. I don't know if it's his first time to Mount Moriah, but it was definitely not his first time to a sacrifice. Ben, give me a good hand and follow me. Come on. He would have been about this height. I don't know if, it's, I don't know if Isaac could sing as good as that, but he's about this height. They go up the mountain... I can only suppose, but from the way the story's laid out, it, this is his son. The, the, it was probably the servants that always carried the wood up. Can I get an amen? Yes. Or Abraham carried the wood up. But this day, there's no servants there. Mama's not there. And daddy's not carrying the load this day. For the first time, he's probably seen a lot of sacrifices. He's probably seen a lot of animals shed blood and lambs have their blood shed and sacrifices offered up. But Brother Blake, on this day, the weight was on him. You know how I know that this was not his first sacrifice? Because, turn around here, is Isaac and Abraham walk up the mountain 
he turns to his dad and he said, we got the wood and we got the fire. But where's the lamb? See, the gospel is what? The good news. Isaac had heard the good news all his life that there's a lamb going to die so we don't have to. There's a lamb. What are we doing, Daddy? Well, this, we're going to go kill this lamb so we don't have to die. What are we doing today, Daddy? Why has he got the wood? Why do we got the fire? Why do we got the... Because God said if we kill this lamb, we don't have to die. And now they're climbing up the mountain at like they climbed up mountains over and over again his whole life. His whole life, he's known about the gospel. His whole life, he's known about the sacrifice. His whole life, he's known about the fire and the blood. But on this day, as they walk up on the mountain, Isaac says, where's the lamb for me? All of a sudden, he's got the weight on his shoulders. All of a sudden, the condemnation's on him. All of a sudden, the burden's on Isaac. And that day... It wasn't daddy's gospel. Lay on the altar here, Ben. Uh, all of a sudden, it wasn't daddy's gospel. It wasn't mama's lamb. It wasn't the servant's lamb. It wasn't everybody else's sacrifice. But on that day, as he asked, where's the lamb? He realized it was, he wasn't just daddy that needed one. It wasn't just mama that needed one. But all of a sudden, that day, the gospel became real to him as the wood was laid out, as he was laid on the altar, and the wrath of God was about to fall on him. Hey, for the first time in his life, after all of that time hearing the gospel, the gospel became real to Isaac. And all of a sudden, God stopped. God stopped the whole show and said, Abraham, there's a ram caught in the thicket. That day is that ram, that ram's blood was shed. Isaac may have heard the gospel over and over again, but that day it was Isaac's gospel. That day it was his sacrifice. That day he didn't have to die. That day he should have died. But that day the ram died for him. Oh, you can go sit down. Hey, man, I say, Mom and Daddy, it's important to examine and to extract. And you will not have a chapter 22 unless you have a chapter 21. Oh, but can I say, we don't just need to take the world away from our kids. We don't just need to make them Pharisees. We don't just need to make them rebels. Hey, we need to expose every day. We need to take our babies by the hand and lead them up Calvary's hill day after day day after day and right now it may just be mom and daddy's it may just be mom and daddy's sacrifice it may just be preacher's lamb it may just be my lamb oh but I believe with all my heart if we'll just keep taking them up glory to God if we'll just keep taking them up Calvary if we'll just keep taking them up the hill hey one day they're going to say where's the lamb for me where's the sacrifice of glory to God oh I know hey she's been asking questions and he says cute little things and they don't understand yet but I'm praying for the day when they just look up at me and ask where's the lamb for me I'm glad today we can give them the gospel amen we got to give them the gospel there was an examination there was an extraction but there was an exposure I wonder are you taking your kids to Calvary Man, I'm glad the preacher does. Not for three months. He's took us to Calvary. It's done my heart good. It's helped me so much. It's helped a lot of other people because they've been telling me about it. Listening on the podcast. Brother Brian, it's our responsibility first to take our babies to the cross. Can I get an amen right there? Oh, I want to take my babies 
to Calvary and it may be a while before they get it. It may be a while before the clicks, but one day the weight will be on them. One day the wrath will be coming down on them. And one day they'll need a lamb. And I'm glad we can lead them to the lamb. Y'all still with me? A faith-filled family is going to have to examine. It's going to have to extract. It's going to have to expose. But in chapters uh, or chapter 24, excuse me. I, I'm skipping chapter 23. I'll come back to it. But in chapter 24, we need to exemplify. See, up until now, it's, their family's been establishing what they believe. But now, what they believe is going to dictate their behavior. Yeah. Our, that's the way the New Testament's set up, by the way. The first part of Paul's epistles are, here's what we believe. The last part, excuse me, is here's how we behave because of what we believe. Y'all, y'all, y'all familiar? Y'all understand Ephesians chapter 1 through 3, here's what we believe. Chapter 4 through 6, grow up, here's how we, here's how we behave. That's what he literally says. Amen. Galatians 1 through 4, here's what we believe. Galatians 5 and 6, here's how we behave because of what we, so on and on and on. And we have that here in our text. See, we don't just need to take our children to Calvary. We need to take them to Canaan as well. Abraham goes to Isaac and and tells him, he says, son, I don't want you to go and marry just any old girl. I don't want you to go back to Pandanaram. I want you to stay here in the land. Did you know that Isaac is the only Old Testament patriarch that lived in the promised land his whole life? Brother Nathan, none of the other Genesis characters did that. Now hear me. Would it have ever happened if his daddy wouldn't have sat him down and said, All right, son, you've been to Calvary. Now it's time to put some boundaries in your life. Yeah. Son, here's... And you say, well, how old was Isaac when all this happened? Forty. Amen. Yeah. Say, how old... How, what's a good marrying age? Forty. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Forty. It's a good marrying age. I just lost half of these teenage girls. <clears throat> they think they're 17, got four cats, and they're going to be cat, old cat ladies the rest of their life. Just be way, get, do, do yourself a favor. Get rid of all the cats and buy a puppy, and they won't tear near as much stuff up as the boys. Say amen. And they'll be more loyal, and sometimes they'll smell better too. Amen. My brother Daniel, he went to his son. He said, son, I want you to stay inside these borders. Can you imagine that conversation? The Bible doesn't give us the whole conversation. There's some promises made. But can you imagine the the desire in this young man's heart to marry? The desire in this young man's heart to see some things. But he submitted to his father's headship. He says, Daddy, if that's what you want me to do, I'll stay inside these borders. I'll stay inside these boundaries. In our day, they just started a podcast complaining about it. They call it Dad's the Legalist or something like that. Amen. But you know what? His daddy didn't stop there. His daddy asked the servant to go, the unnamed servant, picture of the Holy Ghost. And the unnamed servant went to the world so Isaac didn't have to. You following me? The unnamed servant went to the world and found Isaac a spouse so Isaac didn't have to leave the promised land, so Isaac could live in Canaan, so Isaac could stay there his whole life, so Isaac didn't have to mess his life up. The unnamed servant went and did the work for Isaac. I want to make a statement. 
evangel or, or, or dating is should never be a mode of evangelism. Amen. I don't even like dating. I like courting. Amen. Brother Danny, I grew up in church. I've been a Baptist since nine months before I was born. Amen. I love it. I got a third generation preacher. My daddy preaches, my granddaddy preaches, my brother preaches, my grandmother will preach if we believe in that sort of thing. She, I probably really got the mantle from my grandmother, you know. I'm just kidding. But Brother Lad, my wife didn't get to grow up that way. My wife grew up with drugs on the table. My wife grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. My wife didn't hear the gospel until she was 17. I had the privilege of growing up around a lot of this. She didn't. Can I tell you, young men and young ladies, something? If you'll let God go get you a spouse and just be satisfied with Him, He'll bring you the right one. Say, so what, did, what did Isaac do while God was going and doing that work? Well, Isaac, we find him in the latter part of this chapter at the well Lahori. Do you all know what that word means? I had to look it up too. It means the living one sees me. You know why? Dave, I'm about to shout. You know why Isaac was content with his daddy's boundaries? You know why he was content with the borders? Because he didn't have to see anybody else because Jesus was seeing him and he was seeing Jesus. All the while he's seeing Jesus and being content with Did y'all get that? The whole time that he's just being content seeing Jesus and living in Canaan, all of a sudden the, the, the servant goes off to a foreign land, Pandanaram, and, and the servant goes and he finds this girl and he tells her that there's a land better than this, there's a place better than this, there's a hope more than this, and if you'll follow me, you can have it too. It sounds to me like the servant preached the gospel to Rebecca. Because the bad news was, you're going to die a pagan. You're going to die in idolatry. But if you follow me, you can have the God of Abraham. You can have the God of promise. You can have the God of faith. And you don't have to die in paganism and emptiness and idolatry. And guess what she did? Uh, she didn't just, she said, all right, I'll go. And she was a soul winner. She took a bunch of people with her. And there they go, off on camels. You know what camels are? They're not cigarettes, they're grace, amen. That's a picture of grace in the Bible. Uh, so here is a young man who's in his daddy's boundaries, who's in his daddy's borders, living in Canaan, enjoying the spirit-filled life, uh, seeing Jesus and Jesus seeing him, meditating out in the field, thinking on Jesus, and Jesus is thinking on him. And the whole time, the Holy Ghost has done went out, saved his bride, and he's got her on the back of grace, bringing her not to the world. God didn't bring Isaac to the world to meet Rebecca. God brought Rebecca to the spirit spirit-filled life and to Canaan to meet Isaac and the day they both met she rides up on grace he's out there in the field seeing Jesus and they both get married hey and they fall in love and guess what when they set up house y'all know where they set up house at the well Lahori hey it was so, Jesus was enough before they got married and Jesus was enough after they got married hey even after they got married they just kept seeing Jesus and Jesus just kept seeing them oh can I tell you there's something better than the world. There's something better than what the world's got to offer. Hey, God's got you a bride. God's got you a husband. And then he'll bring to the land. You just stay here in the Father's house. You just get in the boundaries. Don't even look. Just see Jesus. Jesus will see you. And he'll send a grace with a bride or a groom to you. 
You don't have to dip your colors. You don't have to satisfy, be, just settle to be satisfied. Just get satisfied with Jesus. Fall in love with Him. And it'll save you so much heartache. It'll save you so much trouble. They're not putting, but he didn't preach all that to put you in a box and hurt you this morning, cramp your style and cut off your swagger. He preached that this morning and they teach you that all the time to protect you because there's something better than what's outside these walls and that's a life fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Y'all see that? You know who was watching the whole time? The world the world the world will never care about the gospel coming from our lips until they see the gospel coming from our lives the last thing chapters 23 and 25 Sarah dies in chapter 23 Abraham dies in chapter 25 chapter 23 Abraham goes to the field of Mamre and he buys a plot of land and on that plot of land, there is a cave called Machpelah. In the Hebrew tongue, it means double entrance. Brother Danny, that means that <clears throat> it may be real dark when you enter in, but there's a door on the other side of death. Back to shout. By the way, Leah was married, buried there, but Rachel never was. Leah followed God. She might have been a homely looking girl, but at least she followed God. Somebody say amen. Miss Kelly got my joke. Thank God. Leah, Leah's a little homely girl, but she loved Jacob. And she loved God. Rachel, she still had an idolatry problem. She still had a paganism problem. And when she died, Jacob just buried her beside the side of the road. And when he died in Egypt, he didn't say, go bury me beside Rachel. Jacob said, go bury me beside Leah. Can I get an amen right there? I ain't got time to preach all this. Say, preacher, what, what's this last thing? If we're going to have a faith-filled family, we're going to have to exit, right? Abraham and Sarah, they went into that cave of darkness and of death and of sorrow. But because of their faith in God, because of their trust in the one they could not see, that city whose builder and maker is God. There was a door on the other side of death that they got to walk through victorious over death. I wonder how you're going to die. I wonder what your legacy is going to be. I went to a funeral 2017. <clears throat> I love the man. He meant the world to me. I got to the funeral. There was hundreds of people there and everybody had houndstooth on it's an ugly pattern. But it, for Alabama Crimson Tide football, I'm not a, not a sports fan. I'm a Christian. Say amen. But, uh, and, and everybody had that on. and It struck me. But, laddie, after I left, that's what everybody... And he was a godly man. He loved the Lord. But that was his life. That's what he lived for was football and sports. And he loved it. He was a, he was a coach of mine. Brother Blake... That's what, he was, that's what everybody wanted to memorialize him with, was that, that sports team. And I'm not picking. Please don't think I'm being critical. I, I love the man. I mean it. But that same year, no, 
Two years later, I went to Brother Blue's funeral. It was all preachers. Everybody had a Bible. He walked by his casket. He had Job 19. Though the, the skin worms eat this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. What a difference. I'm not picking. I'm not being ugly. Please don't think that. But what are you going to be known for when you exit? The very place they were buried mirrored how they died. Death is a dark thing. Death is a sad thing. And a lot of us have faced that in the last year. But for the believer, there's a door on the other side of death. I wonder if you died tonight, Mom and Daddy. I wonder, what's your kids going to... Are they going to have to worry? Are they going to have to fret? Are they going to have confidence that Mama and Daddy died in faith? And though it's dark right now, there's a light on the other end of the tunnel. What's it going to be tonight? What about you, young person? You bucking your parents' boundaries? You put, you, you, are you fighting what the preacher's preaching? Maybe some parents here. You, you're struggling on that examining and that extraction and that exemplifying. Hey, tonight's a good time to just submit to the will of God, to be separate from this world, to be spirit-filled, to live a life of progressive sanctification. Maybe tonight somebody needs to go and apologize to a member of that fam- the family union. I mean, I'm not, kid- I'm not saying that I failed. I had to go tell them, hey, I'm sorry. I wonder what you need to do tonight. I, don't, I can't speak for you, but I want to have a faith-filled family.